Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never ever about food, or weight, never ever, not even, one time, not ever, ever, ever. everyone, this is Lori Lee Rourke with It's Not About Food podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to talk about trusting the process. The front of the card of the Body Love cards, the goddess is hopping from one cliff to another cliff, and below her is water, and the little deer has jumped first, and she's right after the deer, and That's what it kind of feels like to trust the process is you've let go of one thing and you're not quite at the other thing. And that middle part is where the trust comes in. You have to trust that you know what you're doing, which I did not have much trust about that because I felt like, well, a lot of stuff I did didn't really work out very well for me. But really, if I look back on it, in my life, everything I did got me to be where I am right this minute. So I do have to trust that. So the back of the card reads, recovery from body hatred and disordered eating provides many layers of learning that unfold uniquely and spontaneously. Trusting the process means that we all work through these experiences and issues at our own pace and in our own way. We can trust that our process is exactly right for us, and we don't have to waste precious time comparing ourselves to others. So for me in the eating disorder recovery way is that unlike other recoveries, the the recovery from an eating disorder and body hatred did not feel good at first. It felt horrible. When I gave up drinking, I felt better right away. But when I had to give up my eating disorder and learn how to eat intuitively and learn how to trust the body that I did not like very much and give up control, I didn't feel that good about that. (laughs) I felt completely lost. I didn't know what to eat and I didn't know what I should weigh and I didn't know how I could even get through any of this time. And since I had used food and weight for such a long time to take care of myself, since I was a child, really, I felt like a raw nerve a lot of the time. I knew what would cover up that raw nerve would just be to go back on my eating disorder plan. But I also knew that that was not where I should be. So trusting the process was to let go of the immediate relief I knew I would get if I took a drug or took a drink or a cigarette or ate a cake, giving that up and letting myself just move through this uncomfortable feeling. I had to trust the process a lot and know that on the other side, it was going to be better, even though I knew that, but I didn't really believe it, if that makes sense. So today I have a really sweet and wonderful person, Stephanie, with me today. 
And we've spent a lot of time talking about these issues <laughs> and uh, just really loved seeing her trust her process. So I'm going to have her introduce herself and tell us what she's doing. And then we'll have a little talk about this. I'm so grateful to be here and to be on this journey. A little bit about me. I met Laura Lee how many years ago? Maybe four or five. I think about that. And that was when I became hopeless around food. (laughs) (laughs) I've been sober now for about 10 years right around the time where I became hopeless around alcohol. My life is just basically a series of events of getting hopeless regarding outside things, fixing an internal problem. Exactly. (laughs) And I'm so grateful that we crossed paths and I am able to get so much freedom that I never knew around food and eating and around other stuff because it's not about the food, as you would say. A little bit about me is I live in Woodland and near Sacramento, and I work for the state, and I just had a baby a little over a year ago, and we're all working from home in the COVID pandemic learning a new normal with things and a new unnormal. Yeah, Abby normal. Actually being able to find a lot of relief in this time, which has been really cool. And so that's a little bit about me right now. You just said that you're finding a little bit of relief right now. So that must be that you're trusting the process that we are all in in the world right now. That we certainly didn't ask for this for I feel like our lives were turned upside down and then shook and then thrown out onto the table. And we can each stubbornly refuse to do anything different or we can trust the process and go with what is happening. It is what it is. Yeah. So I love this card and I love you talking about that and trusting in the process I'm going to talk about recovery a lot too from alcohol because that's such a big part of my life. I feel like these two worlds just intermesh so much, but we have this prayer called the set aside prayer and it's God, please help me to set aside everything I think I know about anything really. <laughs> and you can just pull whatever you want after that. No, so like God. Please tell me to set aside everything I think I know about this pandemic or about any situation in my life. Because in retrospect, I just had no idea what was coming next for me. And I could have told you December of 2010 that that was the worst period of my life. That the situation I was in was awful. I was basically on death's door. I had alienated everybody from my life and I was hopeless. Because of that, I kind of need to get hopeless with things before I'm able to do something different. And so at that time, that was actually so great how far down I was because I don't think I would have done anything different if I weren't that far down. And I don't think I would have been able to ask for help. So I asked for help during that time. Years passed and 
other things started to come to the surface. As they do. (laughs) As they do. I was basically highly medicated and just completely in an obsession with food and weight. Just on my mind 24-7 and desperately, desperately trying to control it. And around the time when I reached out to you, that was another time in retrospect that I can see was such a transformative time in my life, (laughs) like a beautiful transformation, but it was so painful and awful. It was another bottom. And I'm so grateful that I got there because for me, just coasting along like at mediocre I can live in like a little and dull pain for a really really long time and I was just thinking about this actually when I was looking at this house today because we're house hunting that good is the enemy of the best I heard that from somebody wow and I know isn't that awesome (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so I was thinking about this house I was like I mean I guess it's all right but what am I selling myself short of? Good's the enemy of the best. And so my life was like good, mediocre, fine. I was surviving. I had this good state job. I'm married. I got my degree. I did everything in sobriety. And I probably could have coasted along for a while. But the way my spirit works, the way my life journey has worked is that things happen to wake me up and they're usually really painful. We say in AA, pain is the touchstone of spiritual growth. And so that's what brought me to eating disorder recovery with you. And so to go back to trusting the process, this transformative time in our culture, on our individual level, it is really painful, but I kind of look at it like we're all just hitting a bottom. Me too. Yes. The world, the people of the world and the creatures in the world are going, we can't keep doing this. We can't. We got to do something different. I think about Mother Earth sort of shaking us off, like, get off of me. Get off. (laughs) No, we don't want to get off. We'll change. We promise we will. In so many different levels. We can't keep doing the same stuff we've been doing all this time that did not work and will not work. I agree. It is a painful time. And there's nothing we can do about it. I'm not going to discover the cure for this. So I have to let go of it and hope somebody else does. But it's bigger than me. I have to just do my own little work. Trusting the process doesn't even feel like there is a process. <laughs> you know, or it doesn't feel like it's the process I want it to be. But it is the process. And there's nothing we can do about it. I know so many aspects of the process. (laughs) I wish they were just a little bit easier or I don't know why it's necessary. Why is it necessary for me to eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's every single night? Why was that necessary for me to do that when I started my recovery? But I just had to let it happen. And like with a lot of from you. I just had to trust for some reason there is a reason for this. I got to stop controlling it because I can't run the show anymore. I'm not good at running the show. 
And I've tried to control people, places, things, alcohol, everything in my life. And it doesn't work. So what if I give this a try and really let go of it? I realized that I needed that so much because I need to know in my heart today that at any point I can eat a Ben and Jerry's. And I don't at all. I maybe eat a couple bites every now and then. But I feel like the only reason (laughs) that I can do that is because I know I can eat a hundred of them if I want to. The whole control of things is just, my mind can't do it. I'm not capable of controlling. Right. Well, we don't control anything. It's all an illusion that we think we're in control. And you said that so beautifully. You talked about intuitive eating, how to learn how to intuitively eat so perfectly when you said, I had to eat whatever in order to not eat whatever. You know, it doesn't make any sense logically, but it is the truth because everything had to be on the table. It had to go from being obsessed to being at choice. And now you're at choice. It completely blows my mind still, but I also get it too, because that's been literally my experience with everything in my life. The more I try to control the worse that it gets for me. And it further strengthens my faith in a power greater than myself. I'm not religious at all, but like I do have a belief in something greater that I call God. And I really do feel the more I release control, whatever that force of nature is, begins to run the show for me in some way. And the more I can just tap into that and get rid of my fears or my resentments or whatever it is is that's blocking me, usually it's fear. That's why I want to control something and just keep surrendering every day to that process and keep doing my own work. The more health I get, the more uh, peace of mind that I get. Yes, because then you get to let go of what you can't control anyway, and then just go to what is going to be the best for you and now for your baby. If it's good for you, it's good for the baby. And what a wonderful gift that's going to be that you're going to teach this little boy this. And I'm grateful that because growing up just on constant diets was the worst thing in the world. And like seeing my mom and how much she hated her body and and how beautiful she was. Yeah, she's so beautiful. So beautiful. My grandma had all of them on speed as teenagers. Like you get it prescribed. Well, they were called diet pills then. <laughs> yeah. My mom always said, yeah, just to call it speed. I was like, what is yeah. going on? So to just not pass that on, I'm still in the process so much. And I question it all the time. I question all the time where I'm supposed to be. Am I um, am I doing this right? Should I go on a diet? Because it's just like everywhere, all around, constantly. One of my coworkers just went to Mexico and got all this plastic surgery and is just getting so much positive feedback from everybody from it. And so that just causes me to do more work. The other crazy lesson that I have learned 
when I am really disturbed by something, that's an indication that I just have more work to do and I can get more free of something because it's like I'm forced to look at it and look at where I haven't like surrendered control. And so I'm grateful for those things too. But of course, we're all summer bodies and quarantine 15 and all Ugh. this crazy stuff. The COVID-19 pounds, right? Oh my God. Yeah. Ugh. It's so insidious out there. And I do see, even from when I first started working with you, there are so many people out there who are now fighting this and who are speaking the truth and they just remind me I'm somebody who forgets and I just need to be reminded that I'm on the right track or that my experience is real because God, I do not want to go back to like having to try to control and manage my food. It's so painful. I can't go down the ice cream aisle or I can't have it in the house. Things like that. They're so unsustainable and painful and obsessive and I'm so past that and do I still have trouble with the way I look and have days where I hate my body or I'm jealous or I should go on a diet yes but it is far different from the place I was in before yeah and to remind yourself these are just thoughts to hate my body is a very old thought and for me if I'm on my own case I know something big is up. So like to trust the process, to look at, oh, this is how I get my attention is I start telling myself whatever. And then sometimes it's just a passing thought. It doesn't even have anything to do with my childhood or some kind of big thing. It just means that I'm a human in the culture we live in. And that's the answer to everything a lot of the time. Well, if I lose weight, then I won't be unhappy. (laughs) You know, but that's not really true. It's just an easy band-aid that we have done to ourselves. And the culture has totally supported that. And, you know, what I'm thinking about is like, how did you have to trust the process when you were pregnant and then had to go through labor? Yeah. You had to let go. Like, well, my body knows how to do this. You just have to get out of the way. I had a home birth. There was no medication. It was me at home and with my animals and my husband and my midwife. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. You know what? The medical establishment (laughs) really turned me off when I was pregnant, especially when it comes to food and weight and all the diet culture BS that is so intertwined with that. And so having a midwife, I didn't have to weigh myself. They met with me for an hour every time in my home and really just got on the same page as me. But that's a whole nother thing. That was another surrender thing. It's like so crazy and painful, but then you get free of so much fear and you're so much stronger you ever thought you would. And you had to trust your decision that this is what you were going to do. Yeah. That's amazing. Against the whole medical establishment that's saying, no, 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 you can't do it that way. I think, honestly, a lot of that had to do with recovery from an eating disorder because one of the amazing side effects is like 
just getting back in tune to my body and being a woman and what that is and connection with earth and all the women that came before me and all that stuff. I'm just so shut off from any of that because I'm in a constant obsession loop of something, of trying to change myself just constantly. When I get some relief from that, it actually opens up this whole other world that I just can't get to by a diet. (laughs) But that's what I was looking for. I want to be in the fourth dimension. I want to be on another plane of living. That's why I drink. That's why I do anything. And then here I am trying to use food. to. It's like, no, all this crap is not going to work. I really need to surrender control and work on the inside. It's like it's always an inside job. Right. I'm thinking about the John Lennon saying is that sort of like consciousness is for those who can't handle drugs. To me, that's what I found when I let go of a lot of this stuff. Is that fifth dimension? Is that portal to another world? Is that mind blown out that I was looking for all that other time? And that's just me being just with me my spiritual self and my body and my feelings and thoughts, which then I see that is connected to everyone. It's a trip. (laughs) And it's funny because that's what I thought I was always going to get with a diet. I thought I was going to get that feeling of peace and joy and freedom. Because that's what you see. It's like you see somebody who's like light as air, running around and having the perfect (laughs) life and stuff. And it's just like, it's such a delusion. The feeling that I thought I would get from that, I actually get when I do the complete opposite. (laughs) Yeah. And if somebody is really thin naturally and she looks really happy, well, she's happy at whatever size she is. And we can be too. It's our culture that tells us, well, that person is happy because she's thin. What if she's just happy because she's happy? I put everything on thinness. Like everything, if I get thin, then the world will be a fabulous place. What if the world is a fabulous place anyway, and I just get to show up however way I am? To me, that was a mind-blowing thing because I had heard about it for such a long time. I had to be a certain way in order to have these wonderful things happen to me. Wasn't true. Yeah. That's the lie. That's the lie that we get told is that you need to fix the outside and then inside will follow. Right. Even though that's literally never worked one time for me. Right. And it's literally the opposite. Yeah, it's literally the opposite. Even when I'm on vacation, it's like wherever I go, there I am. It's like (laughs) I need to fix the internal on vacation too. Like I need to always fix the internal because it's, right. I, I found that I can feel really bad no matter where I'm at. That's right. And I've been really skinny before too, in sobriety, on diet, and I hated my body then. There's always something to compare it to. We don't have to waste precious time comparing ourselves to others. 
that will always be there. There will always be a comparison. And I see that too. Even the skinniest, tiniest, most in shape people I know have a comparison Yeah, that they compare themselves to, too. There's always going to be a bigger house, a better destination, something out there. So that to me proves that it's like nothing external is ever going to fix it. The way my alcoholic, addictive brain works is that it is obsessed and fixated and then when I finally get that outside fix then it's just on to the next it just moves on so quickly to the next thing because it's not the real thing it's not the real thing you're just looking for another lego (laughs) you know yeah God, and it's relentless. It's relentless. And like, it doesn't make any sense to compare ourselves to other and then think that we should look like that. That's like your little boy is not even a year old. He's 13 months. Oh, he's 13 months. So he weighs how much? 25 pounds. So what if you were driving yourself crazy with that's the perfect weight? He looks great. I should look like that. I'm his mom and I should look like that. You'd have to die to be able to do that. (laughs) It's just so ridiculous to think that we should look like somebody else. We're not that somebody else. We're us. People say, well, I used to could fit in a whatever size. And it's like, well, you used to wear diapers too, but maybe you don't wear those anymore. (laughs) Don't keep thinking that you're going to wear the same size for your whole life. You used to wear a little sunsuit. When you were two years old, I bet you can't put that on now. <laughs> it's never ending. It's, it's like, never ending. If there's not another person to compare ourselves to, then it's who I used to be. It's just, it is nuts. People like it that way. But like corporations, all those like diet people, they love that. That's right. Yeah, it's really crazy. Yeah, and that's what we have to remember, Stephanie. And I'm glad you reminded me of it, is that the reason why we're like this is because there are people who live their whole life making money to make us feel bad about ourselves so they will make more money. Not to make us better people, not to make us better voters, not to make us better students, not to make us better mothers or fathers or daughters or sons, but to make us feel bad about ourselves so we'll buy their products. That's the only reason that it's there. So to me, why let them win? Why not go, wait, I think maybe there's something bigger and better for me than whoever this person is sitting, pulling the strings. I mean, I just don't want to do it anymore. And thank God there's people who came before me and I my Instagram feed is just full of that. My Instagram, I don't even really have friends on the. I have a couple. Mainly what it is, is people in larger bodies living their best life. Beautiful. That's all it is. And it just rocked me out of my world that like there's people out there doing really hard, complicated yoga, running marathons, dancing, on beaches, not caring. There's a whole other world out there that I didn't know existed. Just like when I got sober, I had to see that there were people who were like me and uh, as obsessive and crazy as I was and and diet (laughs) focused or whatever. I need to see that there's people who are on the other side of that. And there actually are a lot of them and they 
are really cool people, like cooler than your average person. Right. They they had to. (laughs) They've had to like come out on the other side of it. Exactly. Exactly. It's true. I mean, I know that I had to see other people who could get along without drinking or who could get along without smoking or who could get along without obsessing about food and weight. I had to see that because I was very skeptical. It's like, no, there's nobody cool that does this. But actually, there was a lot of people, and there still are a lot of people that are way cool, and they are doing this. And we're two of them. (laughs) So this might be kind of a hard question to answer, but if you were able to walk into your bedroom of you as a little girl at about 10 or 12 with what all the stuff that you had going on with you in your life, but you were able to walk in there and tell her as you are now how she can get through the next few years and that you know that she's going to be okay and you want to tell her that, what would you say to her? What would you have liked to hear? I think I would have liked to hear that the most important relationship you have is with your higher self, which lives within you. And there's no need to care about what anybody else thinks ever. That is the bane of my existence, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Trying to fit into this mold, trying to fit into this delusion, this American dream that basically I've known was BS from the minute I was born because I started drinking. I was like, get me out of here. I want the fourth dimension. I want something more than this. And then I go to food for that. And it's just like what I always need to come back to. And what I would tell that little girl is just keep coming back to that relationship with your higher self. And it does not matter what anybody else thinks about you. And I find that actually, because I'm somebody who tends to people please and adapt and change or do whatever the person around me is doing to get them to like me is that when I'm like living in my truest free self, I actually attract the kind of people that I want to be around. That's right. That's the added bonus round that we don't even see coming. That the people that are going to be our buds are the people who think like us and are validating and say, yeah, this sucks. But something cool might happen too. I never heard anything like that. I heard this sucks and you better get out of it right away. You better do something about it. So I just think about that little girl, if she had heard that, we have to hear it a lot, like you're saying too. But if that's what was modeled to her, maybe you would have gone down the same road, but maybe not as far or maybe not as long. My mom, she had her faults and stuff, but I do feel she ultimately had that connection. And I think that's why I was able to get sober really young. I mean, also because I went down really hard at a young age and start recovering young and just to have that seed implanted. So is there anything else that you want to say or you feel like you need to say about this? Just that I'm, I'm grateful that I've had a lot of experience in these situations that I'm really This whole quarantine, COVID, this huge blow up that I'm grateful I've had enough experience where stuff has gone horribly wrong over my life 
to know that I don't really know what wrong is. I don't love our current president and that whole situation, but how am I supposed to know if that's not what we needed? (laughs) To get us to the bottom quickly. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. And having this recovery helps that. It helps that because I've been able to like release control over and over and over again. And just to remember to do that in this situation and let it unfold as it will, because I definitely am not capable of being in charge of our universe, our world. So yes, I agree. (laughs) Right. Doing my little part. (laughs) Exactly. I have this little postage stamp of an area and I'll just keep that swept clean as much as I can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So would you mind reading the just today I will at the bottom of the card? Today I will practice trusting my process and knowing that I am right where I need to be on my path. I will practice viewing each situation as a learning experience and will be loving and accepting with myself as I move along my path. Thank you so much. And I have to say, as somebody who's watched you with your process, This is exactly what you're doing, what you have been doing, what you continue to do. Even talking about it is just such a beautiful, nice reminder. And so I'm so grateful for you and everything that you've done for me along this path. Oh, well, thank you. It has been an honor, too. Thank you for listening. And be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it'snotaboutfood.com. Thanks.